Welcome, everybody, to the That Kind of Nerd Podcast. I am CJ Mellon. I am Brian Thornton. And I am Josh Burns. Welcome to our show. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, I do want to take just another two minutes and just ask for our listeners to do a very, very short survey that we have hidden in the show notes. If you're not familiar with podcasting or uh, haven't listened to a couple episodes ago, if you're listening to this on the iTunes podcast application, just tap our album artwork. You'll see a link there that says, please take a short survey. It is 100% anonymous. We're not asking for any information from you, an email address or anything like that. We don't know who is taking the survey. It is 10 questions. It will take you two and a half minutes, I swear. It's very easy. We're just curious as to how you're liking the topics that we're talking about, how the audio quality is, if there's a certain day that you listen to the podcast. We just want to continue to make this a show that's made for you, and we want to make sure that everyone here is having a great experience listening to the show. So please go to the show notes or go to thatkindofnerd.com and find the survey link Take two minutes, and we greatly appreciate it uh, ahead of time. So thank you to anyone who's taken the survey. We definitely appreciate your feedback. We don't know who you are or what day you take it or <laughs> necessarily whether you're clothed while taking it. We, I promise you we don't know that stuff. I uh, will actually Even a little bit. I will refuse to open presents in like anything but like jeans and a T-shirt. Like I can't be in my underwear. I can't be in sweatpants uh, because someone put a lot of thought into a gift for you, and they're going to be thinking about you opening the gift. And if I'm in my underwear or something, I just feel like that energy is coming into that, and I don't want anyone to. I don't want anyone to have to witness that. I feel bad enough you, for my wife. You have like underwear energy. You have a different energy. Well, like, when you're like, in underwear. <laughs> yeah. But like that person thought of me, and when I'm opening it up, they're like, "Oh yes, uh, like hey, I got your gift today. Thank you very much." And like, "Oh, how did you like it?" I'm like, "Great." But like, I was in my underwear while I was thinking about it. That's just weird. I don't want that. I don't want to cross those streams. That's just not I'm, allowed. I'm uh, from now on. I'm opening all <laughs> gifts you give me in the tub. <laughs> That's in fine. The tub. Listen, what you do, what you do is yours. Because up in here, up in my mind, no, 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 you are like in a suit. You're you're suited up with a ducky tie, and you're like, oh, what a thoughtful gift. Ducky tie. Uh, absolutely. Well, I, what I want to talk about is we jo- we all saw Pixar's new movie Inside Out. Yeah. And wow, I mean, just wow. So we were joking uh, earlier. We were talking about you know um, that Louis Black playing anger is like perfectly cast. And I still lost my stuff every single time they do that broccoli on the pizza bit. And yep. thank you, San Francisco, you ruined pizza. Um, <laughs> I just see the finger just happening. I just, I just see it all in all its glory. What did you guys think of Inside Out? <laughs> it was, you know, the, the, the anger part, especially because it was uh, the anger inside of a little girl's brain. And it just reminded me of Zoe when she was a toddler. <laughs> because... You know, the, he's he's got the the newspaper. It says, uh, "Parents say we can't have dessert," and he's he's just <laughs> losing his mind. And I've you know I've had that exact conversation with my daughter, so I know that there's something that goes on in the brain of a, of a toddler that just that, that they snap. So I thought the the movie was good. I wasn't crazy about some of the stereotypes, but we can get into that. Uh, Brian, what did you what did you think about the movie? Just you know, at first at first glance. Um, generally, I thought it was fantastic. I, I think Pixar uh, knocked it out of the park once again. And um, I mean, I, I don't think it's my favorite Pixar movie, but I was kind of surprised at how much I enjoyed it because I wasn't 
uh, really sure, as with a lot of Pixar's concepts, um, how this would work in a two-hour movie, and it actually worked out really well, and it was actually very enjoyable, very funny, and uh, like every other Pixar movie, you had that moment where you wanted to cry, and uh, yeah, that, so I enjoyed it. I'm very glad that my daughter's young enough that I haven't experienced some of these moments that they're reflecting on. Otherwise, it would just be blubbering like a baby. So I'm, I'm <laughs> very glad. There's a couple of moments. So Pixar. There, like, I, look, I know. I've, I've, I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I get it. But it's there. I it just I didn't have that crazy type of emotional connection with this movie. Yeah, I, I wasn't as I wasn't as emotional as I thought I would be. I know. I, I still felt things. But sure. I was like, oh, Pixar making an emotion movie. Who screwed me? Well, <laughs> it's I, I, a lot I think, up. <laughs> Brian, you, you have you have different opinion, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you I have no emotions. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any emotions. It, it, it's all just uh, gray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unless you know, then unless Batman or, or Spider Man comes into topic, then then I get a little joyous. But most of the part is all like one murky gray color. Anyway. Um, I mean, I I didn't like I, I got the feels. I didn't like cry. It wasn't like Toy Story three where I was like, oh my god, I, I I'm gonna cry. Um, but I definitely got the feels. You know what else got gave me the feels? That freaking lava short before it actually oh, gave me the feels. Oh yes. <laughs> like, so this this short was so like the movie hasn't even started yet. I'm already tearing up. The the lava short was good. The lava short I thought was just as good as the the paper short. Yeah, I oh, love that short. Yes. Right, but I mean the the shorts that these people are doing are fantastic. They're really cool. It's no surprise that Pixar is being typical Pixar in all of this, and it's and everything about this was phenomenal. This does not go into the scope of bad Pixar movie. I you know I thought this was a good no, movie. No, no, I I don't. I'm not sure there there has been like a bad a bad Pixar movie. No. But the, my my real problem with it is some of the things, some of the the themes that are set up like. Um, everyone, everyone is is sort of uh, governed by joy until life beats that out of you, right? And then here's here's the thing: you've got the little girl who's governed by joy, and the mother who's basically governed by sadness. Yep. <laughs> and the father who's governed by anger, and who's kind of an idiot. So again, male figure, idiot. Right. Female figure, smart, but sad. Why? Well, if you looked at sadness in that movie, it's more than... That was it. It's the complexity part for it. And, and you know, most women are way more emotionally complex than men. I get it. But the, the default position being sad, right? Right. Or the neat... Or not... And not just that. I think the flip side of that is sadness... But, you know, spoilers. I'm sorry. Uh, sadness by the end of the movie, you discover basically needs other things to be okay. And I'm not crazy about the thought that my daughter's going to need other influencing factors to be okay. Well, no, I, I took it as sadness's role is there to sometimes you just, A, you do need a good cry and you, you can't take the sweet without having the bitter. I thought it was more of a dichotomy instead of a, like symbiotic thing, I I didn't feel that way at all. Like I, I felt like it's it requires I took reliance it, upon others. Well, if I, you really think it, about that, if, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I took it more as, as kind of along CJ's lines that it, it's it's 
like she's not. I, I didn't took it as she's like governed by joy. I just took it as like joy is so joyful. She just feels the need to control everything, and like that doesn't mean she's governed by joy. No, joy I, I would allow say allow the other emotions to make a decision. I would say that joy did govern her, but I disagree with Josh's part that they have to that joy gets beaten out of you and then but another I, emotion. But I think over. at the by the end of that movie, like the whole point is that joy realizes that. She needs these other emotions to be able to, like, have full, I I guess, full experiences and and balance out. Like, not just sadness. At the end of that movie, you have, like, um, disgust mixed in with joy and stuff like that. All those little marbles are are all different colors. So it's a symbiotic relationship between all of them, not just, you know, sadness needs one to survive. Sadness was doing what she was supposed to do, and then joy... Is the, actually Joy's actually the one who got screwed everything up by trying to control everything. So in college, I took a, a, a class called Alba Emoting, which is um, a really cool acting. I'll bore you a little bit with it. A cool acting technique that concentrates on breathing to actually invoke uh, a set of emotions. So what you kind of get once you've properly executed is pure happiness, pure joy, pure sadness, pure fear, pure anger. And what you find is that when you look at your actual life and you look at what you actually do when you go through emotions, everything is jumbled. But as a kid, when you look at a kid and you look at them go through an emotional state, it's mainly a pure one, especially look at at babies and you look at kids that are under the age of 12 and 13. It's pretty straightforward. So the the crux of this movie, one part of it was that there's these core memories that make up her personality. And they all happen to be of joyful experiences, which they should be as a kid. And, spoiler alert again, one of the core memories that was probably the, the happiest one, when you rewound it, you saw that it came from a place of sadness. That she lost a game, that she was upset. And then it turned into a joyful moment. So I don't, I don't necessarily – I think we're somewhere in the middle of, of both of your thoughts here is that joy does have to govern things for you know this character. But I don't think sadness is just there to help the other emotions. And most things in life do fall somewhere in the middle of a spectrum. And Brian and I are on pretty two extreme sides of that spectrum, right? Right. So <laughs> there's, that, that probably makes sense. I just I'm – uh, I'm, I'm always sensitive to – the people being put into a, a a corner, right? Like this is yeah. all this person is, right? And, right? and my my again, my real problem is the mother's emotions are all sort of the same and all sort of you know look like sadness, and the fathers all look like anger. So, yeah, I definitely see that point. I, I and that I have I have a problem with I have a problem with that. Now, so I, I agree that, and we've we've talked about this offline before. But uh, Josh, you always bring up a great point. I'm really tired of the media kind of showing dads as dumb and stupid yeah. and idiotic. Um, I just listened to a commercial for like an eyeglass place, and like this wife bought her husband sunglasses, and he's like, "Sunglasses, I can do." Da, 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 da. And she's right. like, "Well, honey, well we're we're going on a trip. You can do all that." Well, that sounds great. That's wonderful. Like you're an idiot, right? And, you know, and I'm tired of that. But what I think was is that I mean I'm thinking of my own head too. When I look at my range of emotions and I look of what kind of experiences I go through and how I process them, my head is totally led by joy. I mean, everything's got an optimistic no. touch of life to it, right? No, no. if you no funny, funny so story for me. <laughs> sidebar: even, even when I'm, oh, go ahead. Sorry, we're watching this movie, right? And I went to see it with my extremely close and and probably best friend Melissa, and she's sitting right next to me, and like. 
I don't know, half hour into the movie where Joy is like dragging along Saturday. She's like, come on, let's go, let's go. She's like, this is totally you and me right now. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Well, She's I like, I'm even, always dragging I, you along. I can't even walk. I can't, I'll just point just, the way. Can you just you drag, drag can you just grab my foot, take me I, where we need to go? I said, I said to Laura, I'm pretty sure that's based on Melissa and Brian. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Did you really? Because that would be yes. the best. That's, a, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> I don't think it was during the movie because Laura was... She she was uh, the quite the picture of anger sitting next to a group of fourteen year olds during the movie oh. can, who who were like spilling popcorn everywhere and then treading on the popcorn and she just couldn't hear. Were anything. they texting? But I would have punched them if they were texting. No, I was I was texting. <laughs> so so the side note a side note to this too before we get back on track is Josh you actually went to like a legitimate showing of this movie. Like not a uh, Wednesday. No, it was six thirty on a Friday. The movie, the, it was the theater was packed. I sat in the <laughs> all the way in the back, like the very last row, in like the top left where it's only four chairs there. You went to see a movie during crowded time. I hate. I hated it so much. <laughs> but see, I was so fed up with the just the crap and the, just so many people. In the so theater. coming back to that, right? So even using that as an experience, joy drives most of my life. And even when I'm going through anger, or even when I'm going through disgust, or I'm going through fear, there there's still a little bit of a, a connection of of joy. There's there's still something there that's driving it. So when you're saying that all the emotions look like fear or look like sadness, I don't know. For me, in my head, that kind of makes sense because even when I'm going through anger or disgust, I still feel some form of joy. In the sense that maybe they're now spun out of that a little bit, so that's why they look like them, or that's my dominating trait. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why they did that. I uh, why they why they wait why they did what why exactly? did they shape the parents' emotions to to look like because even their fear and their anger and disgust looked right. like their other emotion. Right. right. Well, they did it because they're trying to say that this is this is your core. In my opinion, that this is the core of a mom. This is the core of a dad, and I just don't. That was I had a big problem with it. Yeah, I can agree with that. I did like how at the end we got to see all the cat emotions. Which yes, yes, uh, yes. just catting about the one yes. walking across the control panel. So it was so great. That was I, I was very happy about the emotions at the end, like the, the little outtakes. The only other thing that I thought was peculiar from this, and I'm reading way too far into this. Was um, if you ever played like Mass Effect or a couple of these games where you get a set choice of dialogue to pick from, and it's usually governed by what emotion you do, what it convey to somebody. I kind of felt that's how this movie portrayed Riley, the main character, was that her speech and what came out of her mouth were dictated by what the emotions wanted to say. Like it didn't go through a Riley filter. Almost like, where's the free will when you're this little? Are are you just going straight from the emotions? There's no filter. Um, you know, that well, I mean, part when I you were odd. when you were 11, did you have a filter? You just right. acted on pure emotion for the most and, part, right? And I think that 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 is kind of the 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 best point you can make is that we and you know if you're connecting everything we're complaining about to life. When you're a child, you you just you say what's on your mind, and, and you you know you're governed by whatever, however you feel at that moment, right? And as you grow older, and like I mean, I say you know like when once life beats you down, basically people become less and less genuine, in my opinion. So you're you're expected to behave a certain way, to to act a certain way, dress a certain way, be a certain type of way, 
and I do think that the more you conform, the the more you sort of uh, ignore that genuine emotion, and and it all becomes it all goes through some filter, right? right. Like fear or sadness or anger or, or whatever. Um, and I think that your your true emotions don't really show. But I mean, I've come across people that are legitimately like always anxious. Who like are are governed by fear and anxiety? That everything yeah. has that. So like I've met some people that when we're talking about those parents who said this is your type and your all your emotions kind of look like this. I mean, I have people that won't do anything because anxiety just takes over all in general. I mean, sure. and 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 I kind of felt that you know in those cases that would make sense. But I see what you're talking about. I, you know, I don't think a, a mom or a dad should just be based off of one core emotion. It doesn't work out. But what I did like is that how they they really ended because they didn't show much of anyone else's actual inside processes. They just wanted to stay mainly with Riley's. Is that her emotions did become mixed? Uh, things were becoming not always good, not always bad. There was a little bit of everything in between there, like the the balls, because they showed their memories as a as a ball, and then it had like the color of the main emotion. But now it was mixed. And yeah, a glass ball, right. right? And I thought that was really great. The fact that we were going into blends, because that is something that we studied later in that class too, is that most of your real life emotions are a combination of something else. So I was proud to see that they. I thought they handled the emotion side of things very well. I thought they also right. took some really abstract things from just your brain and how you think and put it in a nice comedic way. Like a train of thought was a train right. that had right, right. ideas. The thought, the thought train, right. And they had a box of facts and, I, uh, and ideas. And at one point they spilled <laughs> over <laughs> and like, they're like, oh, no. They're like, oh, this happens all the time. Don't worry. And I'm just like, yeah, that's <laughs> so true. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. They uh, have they had at sort of at the end and at the end when you get spoiler uh, – when you, you you hit puberty and you get this <laughs> incredibly complex switchboard of emotions, and they're like, "Oh, look at all these buttons! What's puberty? Shouldn't be a problem." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, this is gonna be fun, right?" And I know never, all the swear words now, <laughs> right? We won't get to see them, and it's funny. Christian and Zoe keep they keep running around going, "Can we say that one swear word we know?" And that's <laughs> it, you know, it's obviously a line from earlier in the movie, and I just I think it's hilarious. Um, but I was. I was wondering, and this relates to something else, whether we're going to get into it or not, I'm not sure. Did anybody notice, was John Ratzenberger a voice in this movie anywhere? Oh, that's a very good question. I didn't because oh, the guy check. who does, yes, yes, the, I think he was. Hold on, I, I I had IMDb up earlier and I closed. Okay, it. because I didn't, I, I didn't, didn't notice it. John, oh, was he like the hockey coach or something? Hold on, John hold on. Ratzenberger. He's been in every every Pixar, Pixar movie, movie like since the dawn since of the creation. dawn of time. He was um, Rex, right, in Toy Story? No, he was no. Ham in Toy Story. Ham, 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 Ham. ham. He on, was Mac in Cars. Yeah, yes, um, hold on. I just, darn it, I just had IMDb up. And, yeah, he was Fritz. Now. He was Fritz. Who was Fritz? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he, but he was in it. He was. Yes. Okay. All right. So, and, and that's, I'm, I only bring it up because he's one of the. Oh, he the, was the, the clown. Uh, oh no! Yeah. Oh no. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, John Ratzenberger continues, and that you know, that's great. I mean, it leads me to the Pixar theory, and I don't know if we want to get into that, but that's I that's do, what you know, hold on. I think I'm wrong on that. Now that I'm looking it up, no, I, it just I just says Fr- it up. it's Fritz the clown. Yeah, Fritz is the clown. Yes. Okay. I just looked at it. Where's the birthday sure. girl? Oh, yeah, God, that was so good. Was so awful. yeah, so let's talk about this. This has been a really cool thing. Um, the internet has had um, this amazingly awesome, super complex, make your head hurt 
thing called the Pixar theory, and it's the the point that all of these Pixar movies are actually connected. That there's an overarching theme. There's a bigger story being told. Now, what's what's funny about this too is that when they first made Wall-E, when it was like coming out, the trailers the first time were all about a meeting that they had at you know at lunch between two Pixar you know creators about what they wanted to do with this new uh, ability to do stories with with CGI. And they talked about you know Toy Story and they talked about Finding Nemo and the other thing that they talked about at that time but came to fruition later was Wall-E. And it seemed like they had thought about the world that they were they're building, but I don't think to the extent that it is at now. So, Josh, can you kind of guide us through a little bit of of the order of some of these movies and, and what's the chronological order? So I don't I don't have the order. I think Brian does, but I do want to say that this is all uh, this is all sort of created or 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 at least documented by a guy named John Negroni. Um, I do not know his history or trade. I know that he wrote a book called the Pixar theory. And I do know that I've, I've read articles, um, written by him, uh, regarding this. Brian, do you have the chronological order? I I do indeed have the chronological order. Can you Uh, read it in a way that isn't like super fast? That isn't super fast, or yeah, don't don't do motor mouth because right it's now. it's really convoluted. So no I'll try to make it short. How about just name just the, the movie? Yeah, do the movies in the order in which the Pixar universe exists. All right. Well, in the order of uh, the Pixar universe, it starts with uh, Brave, then goes into Incredibles, uh, Toy Story, Toy Story Two, uh, Inside Out will be somewhere in there. Uh, then Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, Toy Story Three, Up. Cars, Cars 2, Wally, Bugs Life, Monsters University, Monsters Inc. Okay, so here's here's the thing, right? What they're saying is all of these movies are part of a universe. They're all interconnected and they're telling a story. And the story is that of of the extinction of the human race. Pretty much. Okay. No, it's that's the story. Is is the humans are extinct. They're replaced by robots and and these animal sort of hybrids monsters. that are monsters, right? So uh, like Sully from Monsters Inc. is a combination of a cat and a bear and what something with tusks. I don't know what what that is, but um, so these are the the new inhabitants of Earth. And part of the probably the coolest thing that I read about. Um, the Pixar theory in Inside Out is she had an imaginary friend named Bing Bong, right? Right, yeah. Voiced by Richard Kind, which I thought was hilarious. And the thing is, they sort of explain her brain can't process uh, a monster, but basically her brain created this imaginary friend, Bing Bong, who's made out of cotton candy, is pink, and is part Elephant, he's got the snout of an elephant, right? And he's got a cat tail, right? And part dolphin. dolphin. Um, So he's essentially Bing Bong was the 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 residual. I got the wrong residual image in her brain of the monster that would come to her room at night and entertain her for laughs. Mind blown, right? Yeah. So oh, I didn't even read that. That's awesome. Yeah. You have well, monsters. Monsters ain't converted from fear to laughter because joy is a more powerful emotion, right? 
right? So, mm-hmm. and again, sort of tying in the go- the story of how joy governs children more than fear or anything else. Get a child to laugh, it's more powerful, so on and so forth. But the crazy thing, and why I think Monsters, Inc. are the last two in the chain, is because the, the doors, the doors yes, yep. that open into the closets of children are not doors. They're time machines. They're, <laughs> they're time machines. So the monsters, every time they open a door, are going back in time. The, that, the... <laughs> The, the, Hold on the, to your uh, hats, y'all. It's going to get weirder, I swear. The authority, right, that governs Monsters, Inc., the, the, the paper lady, Roz, with the, Wazowski, you forgot your paperwork. <laughs> Her, right, she she runs basically a uh, agency of time cops. <laughs> she runs Torchwood. Um, Torchwood, she basically. Torchwood, yes. <laughs> um, who are making sure that we don't bring anything from this time into our time. Oh, so crazy. Like... You, look, so read. You need to read the Pixar. So let's let's take a step back because we. I can't. We, we went. We, I know. We you go into the. We can go down well, the rabbit hole. This so this we pull this, back. this can actually wrap into that because what I think is really cool about this theory too is that the whole thing is that the witch in Brave. Thank you. Yeah. Who is uh, it's talking about like spirituality and she's the only one with these magic powers and controls these will of the wisps thing. Um, the theory states that. That is actually an old, grown-up boo from boo. Mike Monsters Inc. It's boo. No, yeah. You so if up. you if you look no, if you really look at this timeline, it's a loop. Who went that, into it, one of the doors? Went back into the 14th, 15th century. Right. But all of her like knowledge is equated to magic at this point, and uh, that's how she can like there's know, give spirits to animals and stuff like that. There's actually a drawing in the witch's hut of Sully. Sully. Yeah. And she, when she always poofs and leaves, sometimes she's by a door. So at the end of at the end of this, when you go to Monsters Inc., it wraps back into it's another loop. It goes back into Brave because it starts Boo, Boo is the whole thing. What it, what the story and what Josh is getting to, and I want to step back, is really the fact that everything is is kind of pulling back towards the extinction extinction of people. So I mean, once we start looking at like. Um, Brave, when we look at that one, sorry, my brain just went off for a second. When we look at Brave, there's there's people being turned into animals. And so I want to start off with this. If you haven't seen all the Pixar movies, first off, what's wrong with you? So go go watch the Pixar movies. Inside Out will give you a pass, but come on. The rest of them, you, you should be caught up. You don't need to see Cars 2. Uh, no, you do not. I think the world <laughs> will be fine without that, uh, but it, it needs to be connected. But, you know, the, that people are getting turned into animals. That already we're starting with, nah, wouldn't it be nice if these things weren't here? Uh, and it starts with her brothers and her mom getting turned into bears, you know. Uh, then you look at the Incredibles. So when you go over to the Incredibles, you're starting to look at people starting to have superpowers and people being born. And that's a little bit of that magic that we were kind of talking about with Brave um, forming in together. And then what happens is is that all this energy that gets put out from these superheroes, it starts to basically be absorbed by toys, hence making Toy Story a reality. So now toys are alive. Uh, so toys start to discover that they are actually alive and, and that they're they're isolated from human beings, and it doesn't help that Sid is probably the most sadistic Pixar character that we've ever well, come across. You had Sid, and you had um, the the girl abandoned Jesse. Right, like, a lot of resentment. You mean in you mean Woody's toys. mom? <laughs> yeah, we don't know that. <laughs> that's, that's part of another, the theory. That's another theory, yeah. Um, 
but a lot of this resentment towards humanity in just these inanimate objects already building just because of you know how they mistreat toys right so and it's and it's again so toy story 2 is the epitome of that too because even the prospector he hates uh, he doesn't want woody to be happy he's not happy with 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 jesse uh doing it that way and and, and you know jesse's resenting her owner which then leads to fi- uh, to inside out which josh how does inside out fit into this part again how, how is this leading to the extinction of humanity it's, think- it's it's not it's it's just it's you're it's linking the I think the biggest thing Inside Out did was link um, Monsters Inc. to right. Okay, you're right. Yeah, to gotcha, in gotcha. The timeline again. So, and, so into, mon- into the child subconscious and Correct. into the because in her subconscious, her greatest fear wasn't some monster. It was a clown. Right. Right. So, and usually, when you hear, there was another line in that movie where her mom said. Uh, she's put in her bed, right, when she's a little girl, and she's, right. did you feed the monster under the bed? Yep. That's right. Like, and she was cool with that, right? Right. The monster's fine. No big deal with a monster, but a clown so, is ridiculous. Well, so that's are freaking creepy. No, I'm, I'm with you. I can't, no, no clowns, no clowns. But So that's confirming the time travel. So Inside Inside Out is confirming that the monsters are, in sense, time traveling, and now have that, converted to laughter. There's some other appearances as well. There's the... Uh, there's like scenes from Carl and Ellie's uh, life in Up, right? And there's uh, something about uh, there was a the clouds as well. I don't remember what had to do with the clouds, but there was something about clouds in there too. Okay, so then after we establish that monsters are time traveling things that now based off of laughter, thanks to uh, to Bing Bong, uh, you go to to Finding Nemo. And this is the fact that now even animals are becoming aware of how cruel and sadistic sometimes humans can be. And now they, they start to get more humanistic character uh, characteristics. They now start to be more human. Flash to Ratatouille, which I think is like one of the epitome of, yeah, this is you know animals being extremely human. Uh, the fact that sure. Remy is He's now cooking. Chef. Right, yeah, that Remy is cooking food for humans and people are okay with it. And that the fact that Remy is controlling Linguini, um, you know, he's actually in charge of this guy. He's he's not right. just in, in on the show. Toy Story three again. Uh, after that, uh, this is now Andy growing up. We see Sid again. This is again just uh, you know uh, uh, lots of just confirming that humans are terrible, bad people. And then we get to Up. Now, first off, let me say Up is one of my favorite Disney Pixar movies ever. It's made me cry the most. And this is a movie that has solidified that there will now be an animal uprising. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is the one that says, we've now given animals, uh, squirrel, <laughs> the ability to, thought, to talk and think. Uh, and we're not very nice to them. So now the animals from Nemo, right, who saw, hey, uh, humans are kind of dicks. And Ratatouille were like, hey, we can control them to now, well, why don't we just do it? Uh, and then I think the, I think the new uh, Pixar movie. Uh, there's a dinosaur movie coming out, or what's the next? The the good dinosaur, or something. The good, like good dinosaur, dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that's going to fit in between this and Cars, because this is how there's a big gap in between Up and Cars. Because when you get to Cars, what? Wait a minute. But it's isn't it like what if dinosaur? What if it's what if the meteor missed Earth? Wouldn't it go before Brave? Yeah, technically. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to... Th- something needs to g- bridge the gap between up and cars, in my mind. Because we don't know how cars took over the planet. 
Unless they unless they left, is is up the last time humans were on Earth? Um, I, the way I'm reading that it's explained is that uh, when animals rose up against humans to stop pollution, the machines saved the humans and they won the war. Uh, <laughs> I however, love that line. However, so since good. machines helped humans win, it tipped the balance on the earth. So machines were like, hey, we're taking over now. And uh, machines of B&L kind of started to rule the world, I guess. So they were, so they were shipping people off into, sh- into space. Pretty much. That okay. They, so, so cars is after machines and animals have kicked humans off and sent us into space. Yeah, thanks to BNL. Essentially, yeah, because BNL was doing all sorts of pollution and stuff to the environment, which is why the animals uprose to begin with. Right, that's so funny. Uh, and then uh, there's cars too, but let's face it, that's just the same thing. Um, well, I think the well, important thing about cars too is that they go to cities that are already established. They go to Japan. They go to Europe. And I think that's kind of, hey, this is still Earth. It's just no humans. Whereas in Cars 1, you didn't have that. It was all and, taking place in Radio Springs. And you know what, too? That's also, Cars 2 shows that cars aren't doing a better job. You know, machines yeah. aren't doing a better job. They're not able to sustain life, which takes us to Wally. And Wally is just, Wally is the Jesus of, of the world. <laughs> Seriously, just trying to save as much of the world as he can. And then he's trying to save the human race uh, because during because uh, the fun part is at the credits of Wally, there's a shoe that has a plant in it, and it brings life back to the world, and that brings us to a bug's life. And then bug's life, I mean, that is uh, again when we we're talking with like Nemo, this is animals being the most humanistic characters I've I've ever ever seen. Um, so this way you can kind of really see exactly what's going on and, and that now uh, animals are in charge of the world. Is a is a Bugs Life the one with the uh the invasion of like the the what, what were they like crickets or something? No, Bugs Life was the circus animals? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no, no. They there were there were circus bugs. The you had Dennis circus Leary bugs, as yeah. the ladybug. Dennis Leary. Yeah. 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 Right, right. You were right. thinking okay. of ants. Yeah. That, that don't don't confuse ants. ants. I, look, I, I'm trying. I don't. I'm just trying to like get all the bug movies straight. <laughs> so, so Bugs Life is showing the domestication of this species not being humans, and then I get another gap between Bugs Life to Monsters U, where now people where the the life form dominant on Earth has gone from a bug to monsters, but in Monsters U. Unless, and correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, because these doors are wibbly wobbly, tummy wimey machines. Are humans and monsters coexisting on the planet at the same time? Because I think the Bugs Life has a little bit of humans that came back from Wall. No, no, Bugs Life doesn't have any humans in it. Um, the explanation is that all the animals that were left on Earth have deformed and become irradiated due to BNL's pollution uh, and the radiation that they caused all over Earth. So they are now well different species. I, but I thought that uh, uh, one kid had an, had allegedly picked wings off of a homeless guy, a homeless bug. That basically uh. there were too many, <laughs> right? That there were too little people <clears throat> that came off that spaceship from Wally to even make an impact on bugs. Yeah, I, I guess that would make sense. And then we go to 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 I, I guess Monsters U is hundreds of years. Yeah, no, after, yeah. So and that Wally. that at that point. At the point of Monsters, Inc., human beings are batteries in the past. 
So okay, the only, so it's, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. The only the only purpose for uh, monsters discovers that we can go into the past, right, and use the existing humans as batteries for now. But there's not enough humans actually. There, are, there are, no, and there are no humans. Oh, okay. Hold on. So basically, um, animals have started to change due to radiation caused by BNL, which have wiped out humans, right? And have now changed them into and and these other animals, the bugs that were there. So these bug human radiation morphoses have turned into monsters, and then finally ending with monsters view. So holy crap! So follow this statement is that we we humans are so bad for everybody that we start causing to have superpowers which then let toys have powers, which then give animals thought, which then have a rebellion happen and humans are exiled off the planet, cars take over, ruin the environment, a robot tries to save it, bugs become the dominant life, and then mutate into monsters. Pretty much. And all yeah, comes crazy. back to Boo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Boo, Boo screwed it up for everybody. What are we... That is crazy. I love it. So, listen, the Pixar theory, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal it's uh, fascinating it's Everybody, so fascinating I mean, yeah i mean you watch these movies and you pick out these things that are in there and you go oh my god we're all gonna die <laughs> yep uh so i i invite you to go to to pixartheory.com and we'll put in a link into the show notes for this as well as how inside out just expertly fits into the pixar theory without even trying without uh, even trying without even trying uh so that way you can get a perspective on that we i hope that we made a very complex um idea a little accessible but star no i think we made it worse i think we made it worse (laughs) listen start watching these movies and you'll start noticing that these are starting to be connected and if you watch it in this order almost like a machete order you'll notice that you know this is telling a very different story oh i have to go back and watch all these movies in that order (laughs) yeah so now the question is though do you think pixar intended this to be the conversation or we just grasping at straws no, I mean, I it has to be on purpose. Uh, but where, where does, where's Planes? Planes is Disney. It's not Pixar. Planes oh, is just Disney, which explains why it was awful. Right? Exactly. Right. That and Dane Cook. <laughs> I didn't Dane, even Cook Dane Cook is in Planes. He's Ooh. Dusty Crophopper. Oh Jesus! No idea. <laughs> um, the reason I'll never see that. Yeah. Oh, and then there's Planes Fire and Rescue. I've watched both. Ooh. No way. Is it that like DuckTales? No, DuckTales was amazing. DuckTales was just, amazing and I so just, was Tailspin. I just wanted to not be... I did not want to end that conversation with, with planes. I thought I would end it with anything other than that. <laughs> wow. So watch these uh, the Pixar movies in this order. Uh, PixarTheory.com. We'll put the link into the show notes. So uh, <laughs> let's move on to our next stop. I'm so sorry. We had such a grand idea for that conversation. We're like, yeah, yeah I don't know where we're going anymore. <laughs> So I apologize. If you're still with us, kudos to you. You let us know uh, that you made it this far. In my hunt across the internet to find all things nerd, uh, I came across this picture, which uh, made my eyeballs bleed, uh, yeah. my head hurt, and my, joy. <laughs> and my heart weep. All in mixed emotions, just like we were talking about. All with mixed with ranges. It is a a picture of and i'll put this in the show notes of all the comic book movies that are coming it's, out from now it's to, not all well most of them i'm sorry most of yeah, the big ones it's a good amount for from, just the next four years yeah from now to 2019 Wait, it's tw- it's 25 right 25 movies yeah but my 
I think my big problem is Marvel has 19, DC has 20, and then uh, you, what's the other company? Is it Universal? Who, who's... Uh, 20th Century Fox owns Fantastic Four, and Fox owns Deadpool and X-Men, so... Okay, so you have them two, and they got movies coming out. So we're missing quite a few movies. In here. Yeah, and then Brian, when I showed him this, after elation of, yeah, there's so many comic book movies coming out, then went to, there's so many comic book movies coming out. So, Brian, right. can you speak a little bit about your fear of this picture and why it's not maybe the most joyful thing? I mean, I'm extremely happy. I really am, especially for all the Marvel stuff. Um I, I, there's some stuff on this list, like Fantastic Four, that I'm a little leery about. But, I, I mean, for the most part, I'm, I'm extremely excited for 90% of this stuff. My gut reaction after going, oh my god, I'm going to spend so much money at the movies, um, was I, I feel like it's getting to the point where it's getting too saturated and it's not special anymore. Like, we have, in, in like, just... 2016, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 8 movies, 8 superhero movies coming out just in one year. And it's like, over the next four years, you're going to have 8 and more superhero movies. And, and, I mean, to me, the nice thing about everything leading up to this point was that everything seemed like an event. Everything was special. Everything was, uh, it was still like a kind of niche. And I feel like it's just, you know, people are going to stop caring and it's just going to become another genre. Okay. All right. All right. That's you, my fear. You were, so you read comic books, and you started reading comic books at a young age, right? Seven. Seven. Seven okay. years old. When, what, at what point in your life would you say you were at sort of the height of your comic book infatuation while also still being sort of, you know, doe-eyed and, and innocent? I'm still doe-eyed and innocent. What are you implying? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> give me an age. Like, give me an age. I guess, I mean, my 14, 15, I guess. 14, 15, good. At that point, how many different books were you reading? Well, Spider-Man alone had seven titles. Uh-huh. Um, and ballpark then, it, just ballpark it. I mean, a month, I was probably picking it anywhere between 10 to 12 titles a month. 10 to 12 titles a month. Different book every month, right? Yeah. Well, Always looking forward to the next one. And, and not so much, at that point, you didn't feel saturated, right? No, I did not. We don't really have 12 different franchises here. That's and true. it's less than one a month. So still pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I'm still like I'm still really excited. I'm going to go see them all. I'm just worried that the big box office boom is going to I think it comes to dividing your attention to we built up uh, I can't wait for the Avengers and anything that come out in between. We're all like all about the Avengers, all about the Avengers, and now you're looking at this this picture and you're like, I don't know what to look forward to because I'm I as soon as I get excited about one movie, there's five other movies that are coming out immediately uh, after. All right, let me let me draw. I'm gonna draw a parallel. So we have in sort of the the 2000s, we had a few big franchises. We had Mission Impossible, we had The Matrix, we had Star Wars, we had Fast and Furious. Um, and then obviously X-Men. So there's five of them right there. Before It's Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. right? You had those, the Tobey Maguire crap. Right, but, but different genres. Yeah, but it was still that you got yourself geared up for these every year, okay, or every right. two years or whatever. So it's that I don't feel any less excited by looking at these 25. Um, I think that I don't understand the the Flash and the I don't know how like all this stuff is going to work together, but I'm... 
I'm interested it to see it. It won't because DC's be, will be helming it. Oh, so. gosh. <laughs> well, you didn't tell me <laughs> we were doing the CJ takes shit on shit DC. On DC. Da, 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 da. I think it's to be expected. The only thing, <laughs> the only, the only way I could be more excited about movie releases uh, is if somebody said there were going to be three Harry Potter prequels. It would, be, it would be the only way. Oh God! I, I could be any more excited. They are making a Harry Potter play that will be per, nah. uh, premiering on the West. Is Daniel Radcliffe going to do unspeakable things to a horse? On uh, stage? No, no, he will not be doing any of that. <laughs> So here's here's what? another little bit that came out of the movie world too. What just happened to this conversation? Do you, do you not know? Do you not know about Equus? Have you never heard of that? Play? Don't don't, don't let him Google I, it. Let him find yeah. out. Google it and be on your way. And then Google Lemon Party when you're done. No, don't. Do that. <laughs> no one, no one Google that. Please, no one Google not that. Google that. And this isn't one of those things like yeah, don't Google that. Like seriously, you're gonna thank don't us if you don't. Don't Google it. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get angry letters now, Brian. No. Angry letters. No, no one. No one's gonna believe me. Also, don't Google blue waffle. No, God, stop, oh. stop adding to it. <laughs> You're making don't Google puppies for the love of God. Please don't put puppies into your Google search browser. <laughs> You've uh, made it worse. You've made it worse. <laughs> you have. So another thing came out. We have officially recast Spider Man as Tom Holland, uh, who is. Uh, he was the year old English kid. Yeah, he was the oldest kid in the Impossible that movie about the flood where Ewan McGregor had to find his family without his lightsaber. So the movie that nobody <laughs> saw. Uh, this is a relatively unknown actor. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. It comes back to my fear and my hatred of outsourcing our superheroes, but at the same time, getting amazing actors. Where I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this. Um, but uh, I'm excited. I think it's okay. I think the guy. I think he looks Peter Parker esque. I'm okay with it. Out, outsource. Like what's he's talking about? Like the fact that Hugh Jackman's Superman. Australian and yep. Henry Cavill is British. Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Henry Cavill. Well, yeah, right. Uh, and, Andrew, and Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Right. Yeah. I want you to start thinking of superheroes you really love. I thank I mean, God we got an American Captain America because we were hot. this close. <laughs> We lost Superman. How do you truth, justice, and the American way? That's what he stands for. And he's from Jersey. And I don't mean Hi- New Jersey. I mean Jersey. Yeah, I hear you. Heimdall's British. I, you know, right? Stop. Stop. These are all great superheroes. They're, they're great all great actors, actors though. The they're phenomenal. They're I'm sure there's amazing actors in America that can play these parts. America deserves American Superman. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> That's what no. I'm saying. Anyway. Uh, but listen, I, I'm excited for this. Is, does anybody have any negative thoughts about uh, recasting Spider-Man again? No, no. Rebooting Spider-Man again? They're we've changed. We've Why? we've. It's well. We well, probably are. Well, here's, we probably are rebooting it. Well, but Mike, they're, they're, they've already gone on record and saying we're not doing another origin story. We're just going to oh, jump right, 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 right into it. So, so the question is, how old will he be when when this starts filming and this starts coming out to the masses? Because if we're going to filming put, right now. If they're, we're going to put Civil War... Or, so they're filming right now, right? Well, they're filming Civil War right now, and Spider-Man is supposed to show up in Civil War, which also, sidetrack... <laughs> Can't um, be a 19-year-old a kid. Feeling, I'm going to say this right now. Prediction. The after credit scene in Ant-Man will involve Spider-Man. Prediction. Okay. There you go. Fine. Here's my problem. You we'll know in a month. You can't yeah. have a 19-year-old Peter Parker... In Civil Why? War, because that Why? he's not mature enough to do what he does in Civil you're, War. You're not mature enough to do I what he not you, mature do what you do. In Civil War. You're and, and it, it's funny you bring this up because I, I have that article up there about some of the big moments in Civil War and how likely it is we'll see them in the movie. And I address this that um, 
Spider-Man unmasking himself after, you know, 10, 15 years of being active as Spider-Man is a huge deal and not having that secret identity anymore. But you're also forgetting the fact that in this movie universe that we have set up, there are no secret identities. Everybody knows who Tony Stark is Iron Man. Everybody knows who Steve Rogers is. No one gives a crap who Thor is. He never did the Donald Blake uh, secret identity. They, they don't have secret identities. So in the Sony universe, Parker is a secret identity. People don't know who he is. Right. But you have to remember that this war is primarily between Captain America and Iron Man and their, you know, severe differences on this topic. And the topic was not about revealing your secret identity. The topic is about superhuman registration and the fact that they need to work for the government. Right, so if it's all about registration and there's only one superhero that actually has a hidden identity and he chooses to unveil it, that's pretty monumental. If they decide to do it that way. Right, but that's what I'm saying. If they decide to do it that way, a 19-year-old doesn't know how to make that decision. Well, you also have to put it in the perspective how many other... What do you mean? A 19-year-old doesn't know how to make that decision. First of all... We don't know how old Peter Parker is going to be in this movie. He's he's 19, but CJ, you're 26. You he's, look like you're 18. Right, so. and that's what I'm saying. He's a young-looking kid. He doesn't look like he's older. So, like, I, I don't know. You I, I'm should not gonna know buy better than all of us the the modern the marvels of modern movie magic in making people appear Listen, older and younger than they seem. There's suspension of disbelief, and then there's what the hell are you going to have to do to make this kid seem like he's mature enough to make this decision? Listen, as because the as Sony love- Hold on, because the Sony guidelines that leaked out, too, because this goes into another topic. The Sony guidelines for what a superhero has to be don't what? lend himself into, into this kind of character to unveil an identity like that. I, I don't think that scene's even going to happen. As much as I love that scene, as much as it's a huge scene in that that comic book storyline, I don't think they're going to do it. All right. Well, that we shall see on on that one. Yeah. So it, look, there's two. I don't. There's a couple things I don't get. First, why couldn't Taylor Kitsch be Gambit? I don't know. Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, why is I it Channing it Tatum? Too. Well, because Wolverine Origins was such an awful travesty. I guess they figured we should recast everybody. Okay, but then they're making a Wolverine three. Yeah, because, you know, Hugh Jackman's still amazing in the role. Stop applying logic to Sony. They're idiots. That's that's Fox. Come on, dude. Oh, my bad. And is, I thought Hugh Jackman was done being Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine 3 will be his last time as Wolverine, he Thank says. Thank God. No. Right. No. Yeah. yeah, I'm done with he's him. He's so good as no. Wolverine. No, he's, 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 he's already said that he's done, too. And he is great at it, but he, he says it's time to hang up the claws. So it's yeah, hang, good. Up. Uh, hang up the claws. Now, don't say good. Just just say okay. No, good. On. You hate Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman's I'm not, Wolverine. Hugh Jackman's I'm not Wolverine. Fan. How dare I'm you? I'm not a fan. Anyway. Uh, sigh. All right. So we also got a, a tweet. Uh, Josh, can you help us a little bit with the with the setup for this? Uh, yeah. My, my buddy Nick uh, tweeted at me, why not Miles Morales for Spider-Man, right? So... Why can't why can't the movie universe accept Miles Morales as Spider-Man? So this is a two-part question uh, because there's a lot of things that are factoring into this, uh, or two-answer question, I should say. I'm not I'm not speaking words anymore. Um, Sony leaked some uh, requirements that they have for for superheroes. Does he have to be white? Oh, yes. I'm going to read this off. So here are the traits I- for Peter Parker, and this is according to the WikiLeaks. Uh, Sony e- email hacks. 
Peter Parker, Peter Parker's character traits. The description of Peter Parker or his Spider-Man alter ego must confirm the following character traits. His full name is Peter Benjamin Parker. He's Caucasian and heterosexual. His parents are absent from his life during his childhood. From this time, uh, his parents are absent. He's raised by Aunt May and Uncle Ben. So far, that's you know that part is the only one that's you know not egregious. Uh, he gains his powers while attending uh, middle school or college. He gains his powers by being bitten by a spider. He devi- designs his first costume. Uh, he, he, they do all of this. He attends high school in Queens. It also goes to said that he uh, he may not torture. He may not kill unless in self defense of others. Uh, he does not use foul language beyond PG-13, does not smoke tobacco, does not sell or distribute illegal drugs, does not abuse alcohol, does not have sex before the age of 16, and does not have sex with anyone below the age of 16, and not a homosexual unless Marvel has portrayed the alter ego as homosexual. I don't understand why they have all these rules. Because Sony is a – so here's the other part. Now, hold on. Before we d- dive into that, there's a saving grace and that's Stan Lee. So, Brian, you, you have the quote from Stan Lee that kind of addressed this, this other issue as well. Yeah, and, and I don't have it in front of me. But li- li- listen, it's, it's about staying true to the character. I don't think that list that you just rattled off that Sony said Peter Parker has to be these things is egregious at all. Stanley uh, went on record saying that, listen... You're saying Peter Parker is those things, but Spider-Man could be anything. Right. Then that's the point. And and Stanley um, said in an interview, listen, I am completely okay with making different racial superheroes and having people, uh, you know, a a black superhero and a Hispanic superhero and a gay superhero. That's fine. He's like, when we do these adaptations of the movies, all I ask is that you stay true to the character the way it was initially created. And when we created Spider-Man and when we created Peter Parker, we created him as these things. I don't think there's any uh, anything wrong in asking that you stay true to those things, just like I wouldn't ask you to make Black Panther white, which is pretty much what, what Stanley's saying. I, I tend to agree. I mean, the, these characters were con- concepted 60 plus years ago, and, and there's a, a lot that goes into that. And if we stay true to that, it's it's going to work out well. In terms of Miles Morales, who is a fairly new character, he's only been around for four, five years, maybe. I don't think he's completely fleshed out and established enough character to really think about bringing into a movie universe. That plus the fact that his entire storyline occurs in an alternate universe, and they're just bringing him into the canon universe, where he's going to be interacting with Peter Parker and stuff. Okay, he, He's in a completely separate time zone than any of the other characters in the Marvel Universe right now. So not that I don't think it would be interesting to see it. I just don't think we're going to see it, not not anytime soon at least. Yeah, so I'll go with Brian. I don't think the character is fully developed enough or interacted in the world that we're currently existing in to, to have it as a movie. Uh, the other part that it seems just from that email is is I don't think Sony's ready for it yet. I don't, I don't, and, and that's the fun part is I don't think the Sony executive who put out this email – I don't know if he's, he even still works for Sony anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, is ready to to let that happen, and that's terrible. But I think the main reason we're not going to see it is just for the reasons Brian fleshed out. So I think it's it's going to happen. I think it's going to take a few years to have that character ready to go on the big screen. Yeah, and I mean the the uh, Sony that email is missing the the main point in general, which is what, and I want to reiterate this because Josh just said it. Spider-Man can be anybody. That's the whole point of Spider-Man is that when you're 
watching the movie, reading the comic book, playing the video game. It's you in that costume. But Peter Parker is a set set item list of things, which I think you need to hold true to. And I think it will be cheap to not have a fully fleshed if we just put Miles on this on the big screen right yeah, now. Yeah, without him having any sort of established yeah. backstory. Try, trying to figure it out as you go, I think just diminishes that character. I don't think it creates anything better. Uh, and it would be a cheap thing just to switch Peter Parker out for this character and just trying to place Miles in Peter Parker situations because he's not going to react the same. It's not going to be true to the, that that own character too. So. Um, I think it's coming, and I think that when it does happen, I think it needs to be deserving of that character. So that's our answer, Nick. I know it's longer than 140 characters. That's why we didn't tweet it. (laughs) (laughs) So I I, I appreciate you sticking around for that. All right. What do we got now? You wanted to do streaming, you said. Oh, right, 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 right. Jesus, CJ. I have the mind of a goldfish. CJ, I have Arkham Knight paused right now. (laughs) Can we... Never mind. No, so we're going to talk do, about I, that. Don't I, worry. Do, I, I, I want to I wanna talk about our streaming endeavors and Brian's lack of streaming. Yes. Uh, and that, that comes into this. Josh, I have accepted your challenge, and I sent you a picture today. I, I saw that. I, season one episode. Did you watch it? I did. I, I am just in the middle of season two, but and I had to get off so we could do the recording. To, I'm, see, wait, I'm, wait, you're in the I'm, middle I'm, I'm of episode, season episode two? two? Episode two. Episode two. Episode two. Episode <laughs> okay. two. Holy crap. Episode two. So <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question. It, it, was I right about... The the dialogue being eloquently vulgar. Yeah, I um I want to somehow figure out how to incorporate that into my life because right? I swear like a sailor, and this way no no one sounds. Oh, like it's just... beautiful. It's the it's like the best <laughs> prose you've ever heard, and it's uh, so it's, obscene. It's like Shakespearean uh, insults, but with terrible vulgar words. Oh, so great. Um, so I great. what I like about this is that uh, I'm I don't I'm not seeing a melodrama right away. As which is my fear when it comes to like westerns, that bad people are bad because they're bad, and good people are good because they're good. There's reasoning behind that, so I actually like so far what I'm seeing. And again, I'm only two episodes in, so you know who knows. What I into know. Deadwood, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know the the thing about the thing about westerns, it, you're right. There's there's always. Uh, I'm sort the of, white hat cowboy. The, yeah. I'm there's good. always always the white hat, always the black hat, and. We're gonna have that. Black hat but always has a goatee, right? When, but I see a reason why, if that were to come down, well, that's based I think in the, logic. The thing I liked about it is that these these characters um, were were actual historical figures, and the their HBO uh, portrayal isn't it's it's not incre- like it's not way loose. So, but you have Seth Bullock and you have Al Swearingen, and they're set up as as your your primary hero and, and anti hero villain, whatever. Um, but Seth Bullock rides into town like uh, Wyatt Earp did in Tombstone, right? Which is which is just not wanting to be a lawman. Now, look, I think I think you're gonna love it. I really do. I, I'm pretty excited, and I have uh, for anyone who cares, I have finished Boy Meets World uh, just the other night. That's why I started Deadwood. Uh, I don't think I appreciate George Feeney until they get to high school, the very end of high school. Uh, I thought the last two seasons of that show needed to stop anyway, so I'm glad they stopped what they did. And now, when I watch Girl Meets World, oh yeah, I watch Girl Meets World. Uh, there's so many throwbacks to original Boy Meets World, it, it makes me happy and smile. Are you, you and Jenny were watching Boy Meets World together, right? Yes, we were. So is Jenny watching Deadwood? 
<laughs> She's starting She's to watch about Super the cowboy cursing. No, and the naked people. She is uh, watching uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, that I found that on Hulu. That sounds um, fantastic. I was dragged into six episodes of that. And oh no, I you still don't understand. Couldn't, couldn't the other thing I I did watch, and then because I know Josh, you probably watch this too. I watched Ballers. I watched yeah. True Detective season yep. two episode one, and I watched uh, the, the, brink. The, the brink. The brink. That was awful. Uh, you know what? I did not I, like Ballers. Loved Brink. I actually really enjoyed the Brink. Okay, on. I was very disappointed with Ballers. Yeah, me really? too. Really, I was. I, I, I'm gonna give it an, an, a couple more episodes. I'm, I was I, the the trailers hype it up to be like Entourage, but with football. Yeah, it will be, and it will. I think it will be. But That's the thing. Maybe this it will be, which is build. why. Yeah, which is why I'll give it a couple more episodes. But other than that, like, I'm watching a whole bunch of sports people screw up their lives. I'm like, I can just watch ESPN if I want this. <laughs> the True Detective was so weird. Like the. I'm still lost. I'm going to watch and it I, again. And I know it's a buildup. I know that we need that buildup, but man, it was just so weird. Talking so about- weird. And Ballers, I thought, was was good, not great, uh, but I thought The Rock did a great job. Um, I like I like Rob Corddry in that role. Who doesn't like Rob Corddry? Um, you know, and, and I like that they had some actual uh, NFL players appear, which is normally pretty hard to do. Because right. of the licensing. But, you know, you had Deshaun Jackson and you had Antonio Brown and you had uh, Richard Mendenhall all show up. The, the good news is, is cool. that HBO gave me three. First off, damn you, HBO, three shows on a Sunday. Are you trying yeah. to kill me? Right. Uh, you, you're just trying to kill me. Um, I, I liked them. I I think I know what show's going to get priority on my Sunday because I'm going to I watch them on HBO Go in the order I want to watch them in. Uh, so I'm excited for it, and I, I think it's great. Brian, uh, uh, let's do that. Josh, what are you what are you streaming right now? Did you have you are you going to start Chuck now that I've uh, started? Deadwood? Well, as soon as Brian starts Deadwood, I'll start Chuck. God damn it, Brian! Right, well, yeah, he's holding you up. So sorry. Uh, I am wrapping up Breaking Bad. I've made it through. Yeah, I'm in. How did like, your Thirty Rock endeavor go? He abandoned uh, it. Obviously, bailed, bailed it midway through. Season two, almost season three, uh, because it's just not funny. It's not a funny show. These are awful people. I'm not at all interested in watching them or anything about them. So um, I, I started uh, Breaking Bad from episode one, uh, I guess, a week ago. I'm I'm going to finish it, like, tomorrow. <laughs> I love that show. So, yeah, I mean, this is the fourth time I've watched Breaking Bad start to finish. It's excellent. It's excellent every time. Are you still catching things every single time you go through? Yeah, I, I am, and I more and more and more I'm 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 siding sort of. You know, it's like, you know, you, you bet on Tiger Woods or the field type of thing, and uh, I'm more and more catching. The more I watch it, the less I like Walt from the very beginning. Right. Um, but my hatred for Skylar never changes either. No, I, I just I, she's I, just yep. terrible. But I like everybody else, and I, I feel more empathy towards Jesse every single time I yes. watch the show. Absolutely. Yeah. So Brian, you are stopping uh, Josh from watching Chuck, and I think that you are trying to justify it with a good reason. So I'd like to hear your uh, justification of stopping to watch television. Gotham needs me. <laughs> I am the hero it deserves. I'm playing Arkham Knight right now, and it has consumed my life. 
to the point where Melissa actually texted me yesterday. She's like, are you dead? Are you okay? I haven't. Yeah, you've disappeared from all. Like, I haven't gotten a text. There's no group (laughs) chat. There's no nothing at all. No communication from Brian ever. I'm surprised. Wait, hold on. What's Arkanite doing right now? It's on pause right it's now. It's on pause. So okay, you didn't even turn it off. You just paused it. No, because I'm I don't want to I don't want to delay from turning on my console Listen, to actually getting to be the dark. You don't understand. Gotham is in peril, okay? I'm the only one who can stop it. <laughs> so you're not playing online. You're playing campaign? Yeah. No. I'm playing campaign. I'm only about 80 Okay, so it came out Tuesday, and unfortunately I had to break up those days because of work, but I am already 80% of the way through. We're recording on Sunday for reference for so, everybody here. So, uh, a total of four days, and I'm almost done with the game, and it's... You're almost done with the campaign of the game. No, 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 overall. Like, I'm oh, doing God, all the side really? quests and everything. Yeah. Because there's there's three different endings, and I want the perfect ending, because I am Batman. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There, There's three different... So, if you screw up somewhere along the way, you end up with not the ending you want? There is... Depending on how much of the side quests you have completed, you get a different ending. So, is it like the Mass Effect thing? Or the, well, they promised, I should say, not what they actually it, it, it's, it's a. It's more like... If you do 100% of every all the side quests and the collectibles and everything, you get the ending. But if you that don't want to do awful. all that, you get another a, another ending that's good in its like, own right, but still like, That sounds, hey, that sounds terrible. Tra- you get an A for effort. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, you, you get a gold star if you don't do all the other side quests. But you know you, you what get happens? Symbol if you get the 100%. Do you know what happens when you beat, when you, when you defeat Ganon? You the get the last man. piece, you, yeah. you, right? You get, you get the last piece of the Triforce, right? right? You know what happens when you beat Bowser? You rescue the princess. The princess is finally in a freaking castle. I have a problem with the game where you complete it and you haven't completed it. I got a problem with that. Listen, I mean, Scarecrow is the main baddie, but I've got all this other stuff I have to deal with. I got to get Two-Face to stop robbing banks, and Riddler is trying to screw with me and Catwoman. It's very, it's, it's a lot. Listen, it's a lot. The, the responsibility on my shoulders is great right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, do me a favor. Just watch one episode of Deadwood so I can please, for the love of God, have Josh on next week talking about Chuck. Um, I will try, but I can't guarantee anything. No, it's one hour. You're taking one hour out of your well, life listen, today. Well, listen, if I have a week, I'll definitely be done with the game by then. Gotham will be safe for the time. <laughs> I have I'm no gonna, words. I, I'm going to, in some, in the middle of the night, I'm sneaking into your, into your uh, place and I'm going to, I'm going to go in, I'm going to make like, I'm going to walk three steps and then go to save and then unplug it while it's saving. <laughs> oh my God. I would, I would kill you. <laughs> But Start then I over. wouldn't because I'd get to play that it all like over again. That is like the most evil thing I've ever heard somebody say. <laughs> That's the most nerdy evil thing. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so um, Arkham Knight has demanded so much of my time because I, I just got so engrossed in the story, so engrossed in the fact that this this game is the most I've ever felt like Batman in a video game ever uh, that I said, I don't have a life for the next week I, I i'm batman for the next seven days so surprised we're not talking with a gravelly voice and i was really tempted to no i was really tempted to but kevin conroy kevin like conroy this. does the voice of batman for these games who is the most amazing voice of batman ever he's the only one who can do that like dark raspy voice without it seeming comical um it's fantastic 
So yeah, right. I'll stop. I'll stop talking about it because in an order that would surprise you. <laughs> so um, I, I brought on a special guest uh, for this uh, week's question. Uh, I brought on uh, Josh's hetero life mate, Patrick Tricolo. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Hello, Joshua. Joshua. What's up, brother? There he is. There he is. Aww. Hello, ladies. (laughs) All right, Patrick, so I understood that you had a question that you wanted to pose, and your wording was uh, very precise, so I wanted to make sure we had you on the show so we could actually hear what you had to say. Yeah, it's still very wibbly-wobbly. Hold on. I thought you said you figured this out, dude. I did. It worked. I did a test call last night. Go ahead. Go ahead, Patrick. Ask your question. All right. So I think Brian is going to use nerd intelligence to destroy this conversation, and Josh is going to use logic. So we're going to see how this goes. Okay. Who is stronger, the Hulk or Thor? (laughs) Who's stronger, the Hulk or Thor? Uh, Brian, if you want to go first, I'll let you go first, because I I see the pain on your face. I'm thinking. You're thinking? I'm thinking. Okay, uh, the Hulk is stronger. I can can barely hear it. The Hulk is stronger. The Hulk is stronger. There's no, like, how? (sighs) Okay, so (laughs) the Hulk is stronger. There's really no. Of course Trick had to bring up Thor, because we get into this debate about Thor's hammer, like, every other week. Because, look, look. He he's stronger. The Hulk is stronger. There, it shouldn't it shouldn't have anything to do. Like I get your your thing with with the the stupid hammer and whatnot, but the Hulk can slam anybody around he wants to slam around. I yeah. I mean, I, I I'm probably gonna have to go with the Hulk just because. Um, pure. Wait, you agree with me? I do. Thor is I stronger. It, because Thor is stronger. Really? Are you freaking kidding me? Nope, Thor is stronger. He can fly, and he can That's throw. actually my perspective, is that <laughs> Thor can take a hell of a beating and still live around. I don't know if it's because he's Asgardian or because he's just super... St- but when it comes to strength, measured strength, I don't know. Thor is pretty pretty freaking strong. Thor and is then, pretty then you also strong, have to figure in that, that Thor has... Thor has strength of character. And I didn't ask if he was durable. I asked who's stronger. He didn't ask who's durable. He asked who's stronger. No, listen, right, right, when it comes right, right. to pure brute strength, Thor's definitely got some strength to him. But uh, even without the hammer, he's got some strength to him. But you also got to take into effect that the angrier Hulk gets, the stronger he gets. So throughout that entire fight, Hulk is just getting angrier and angrier and stronger and stronger. And it's been done so many freaking times before. And there's really never a clear winner. Hulk wins one match. Thor wins one match. I mean, everybody's gone toe-to-toe with the Hulk at one point. But at the end of the day... He's probably the strongest character in the Marvel Universe. I, a series a while ago, and Ben Krasinski was the one that gave me the exact theory, where the Hulk was cited as the stronger one. So what you just said there, because his anger and his strength are limitless. And now, current series states that for equal strength. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I disagree with whatever Brian says. <laughs> So just because it look, I, I know at first at first glance, it appears that Hulk is the stronger one because of throwing things through buildings, and he's just he's a stronger guy. Um, but you know, Thor can also lift the hammer, which is incredibly heavy because nobody the, can the lift Thor, it. The hammer has nothing to do with weight; it has to do with worthiness. Mm, I don't know it because has, no, Vision no, lifted it because he. Oh my god! 
I'm not having this debate with Vision you. Vision is super strong and lifted the hammer. Vision is super strong. And Vision, uh, look, Captain America's incredibly strong and couldn't lift the hammer. It, so it, it, Thor it, is stronger. And right, we never so, saw we never saw the Hulk try to lift the hammer. We just yes, saw you did. Banner. Yes, no, you we did. saw oh, in, Aven- wait, we in did. Avengers One. Yeah, he got he got right. the in hammer Avengers tossed one, at him, and it, it took him the like hammer, couldn't catch falls, it. Yeah, and he couldn't lift it up. Couldn't lift it up, which means Thor's stronger because he can lift the hammer. It's not about strength. It's about worthiness and wait, righteousness. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. It, whoever picked up Excalibur was the much stronger, or is he just the one? No, he was worthy. That's the point of Excalibur, of Mjolnir, of all this stuff. Right, right, except Mjolnir doesn't measure worth, worth because Vision has For no worth and he can lift it. holds this hammer, if he be worthy, Vision is incredibly Thor, strong, if he be and worthy, Thor is stronger. shall possess the power of Thor, if he be worthy. That is the inscription on the hammer. Has nothing I thought to do it with said strength. something about if he had a big penis. And, well, then, well, then we all know who would hold that hammer, and he's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, another question. Hold on. Does, does the Hulk have home court advantage? Does the Hulk have home court advantage? No, I think you probably have to apply some uh, interdimensional anti-gravity bone density rules to Thor as well. I, I think, I, again, regardless of... Josh is just going to disagree with me. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to come up with the most convincing nonsensical argument to, <laughs> to, to argue with Brian. So Thor, way smaller. So, I mean, there's there's the something about pound for pound there, right? Probably stronger. Uh, way smaller. And then he can lift that ridiculously heavy hammer. So it, there's that. You're, you're basing off the theory that the hammer is heavy and it, it's not. It's about worthiness. Hey, no, then why are Thor and Vision the only people who can pick it up? Your, your theory is going to be blown to shit when Captain America comes out and someone else picks up that hammer. Because it's rumored that it's going to happen. I hope it's Thanos. It's going to be. It's going to be Captain America. Nah, unless he keeps work. Well, maybe if he works out a bunch. It has nothing to do with strength. Oh my God! Is he juicing? Captain America's using steroids, and he oh picks God. up the hammer. <laughs> I. Tony. Tony Stark's going to pick it up, right? I have that, no idea who's going to pick it up in the movie universe. <laughs> he tried that in Avengers. It didn't work. He's just going to put on the, the, the Hulkbuster and pick up the hammer and throw it. Why are you defending him? That, that's not, that makes no sense. I, I need to stop the madness now. I want to thank uh, Patrick for coming on to the show and doing our Let's Entice Brian into getting angry. In Bye, Trick. Bye, Trick. Thank you very much. Patrick, uh, thanks for calling Little in. Little known fact, one. Trick lives like 30 seconds away from me. I'm going to go up the street and yell at him. <laughs> uh, I was surprised that Josh... Uh, uh, you defended your theory the way that you did. <laughs> well, Brian should have gone first. He wouldn't, so I gave an answer and then decided I was wrong. I had and thing. changed my answer. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, listen, I, I do want to thank Patrick for taking the time out of his day to call in and ask his question. I want to encourage you, if you have a ridiculous question or you just want to see Brian get riled up, please let us know. Uh, our phone number to call is 484 Call in, uh, leave a comment, uh, leave, leave a voicemail, we'll play it on the air, or uh, go ahead and do a live call. We'll get a better way of doing that. Uh, I want to thank Brian. I want to thank Josh for uh, taking their time out of a, a Sunday to record uh, and for listening. And remember, please go to our survey in our show notes and just let us know what you think about the show and give us any uh, feedback. That We definitely appreciate everything that you, uh, that you fans are doing. And uh, thank you for letting us do episode 12. I thought it was a lot of fun. 
Gentlemen. All right. I hope that we made a very complex idea a little accessible. No, I think we made it worse. I think we made it worse. Why are you defending him? That that's not that makes no sense.